Okay, bars showing up. We all good? Mm-hmm. Bars. Okay. We ready for clips? Clips? Ready. Claps. Clip, clop, click, clop. I'm a horse. Doobadoobadoo. Feeling coarse. Let's all go to the morgue and eat some human flesh. Woo! <laughs> Maybe that'd be a cold open. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, it's going to be musical this episode. <laughs> Presenting the human flesh-eating horse. Oh, God, he's eating the audience. <laughs> It's Horace, the hungry horse, steed of Ted Sheeran. <laughs> Watch as he devastates mankind with his hunger for flesh. <laughs> but Death rides on a pale horse. I'm riding a pale horse. We're gonna eat humanity. Ah, <laughs> uh, beautiful. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 5 of the Undead Rabbit Podcast, the lighter horror podcast, where we hand you a cushion to hide behind as we delve into all things spooky. I'm your host, Undead Rabbit, and joining me today, as always, is my co-host, artist extraordinaire, it's Vera! That's a me! Yeah, it sure is, isn't it? It sure is. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the human uh, being who has replaced me. The human... What? Uh, you been replaced. Are you doing a bit? Are you trying to do a bit? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. If you're going to do a bit, I'm going to go with it. Okay. What's that, Vera? You've been replaced? No, you wanted to do this. So I'm going to hold your nose in it and you're going to do this bit. You're going to finish it. <laughs> That's all there is. <laughs> is that all you had to That's say the... that you definitely haven't been replaced? Yes. Wasn't you replaced by something interesting? Just replaced no. by a human being, implying that you're not already. Hey, you don't know. I don't know. I never know what's going on with you, you strange little egg. That's me. That's you. I was gonna say so. But I'm terrified I'm going to summon him. You know, Speaking of eggs. One. Speaking of eggs. Is that it? Is that what you have for... T- I thought my segues were bad. <laughs> Vera, there's unspoken rules. I do the bits. I do the segues. You just give me validation. I laugh at all your jokes. You do. Except when you don't. It's fine. Speaking of eggs, we're gonna crack some teenagers like eggs. What the fuck? (laughs) What the hell are you talking about, you strange? That's That's the movie! That's the movie, but we're not... We're not going to crack them open. <laughs> well, I'm not cracking them open. Are you up to something? What? No, as far... No. <laughs> no. Okay. Sure. Definitely not. Hello, police. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll call you back. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we've been gone for a week, haven't we? Again. We have. And it's all my fault. <laughs> no, you're fine. Shush. <laughs> so, for context... I said it, but it's the first time this episode, so it's fine. It's fine. I can't hear him. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, we record episodes on a Thursday, then I edit on a Friday, and then we put it out on a Saturday. And last week, on Tuesday, I went to get my second dose of the COVID vaccine. Um, shout out to COVID vaccine. Woo! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was gonna move on because it's like, oh no, it's got got nothing there, and then there you go, swinging in like Spider Man. That's me. I was gonna say, <laughs> I've got to think of a sentence starter that isn't so. Well, there we go. Well, <laughs> I had my second COVID vaccine, and all throughout Tuesday, I was like, yeah, I'm feeling good. Plan next episode. We're doing good. Wednesday, day after, feeling great. We have a little watch party for this week's movie. You know, we're doing good. We're doing all right. Thursday, it feels like my head's been run over by a steamroller. <laughs> yeah, the second one does that. Yeah, to my horror, yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously, we didn't release an episode. We didn't release a clip last Thursday. Like I said, we're commenting Thursday now. So by the time we're done, this week's clip should be up. Time's confusing. <laughs> Time is confusing. Are we are we in the past or the future? We're recording this in the past. We're talking about stuff that'll happen in the near future, but they'll be listening to this in the post future. And then we need to have a conversation between future us and past us. Hmm. Well, we haven't even announced what movie we're doing this week. I know we said last episode, but we've got to try. We've got to yeah, do our best. We have to make an attempt. Yeah. Is there anything else to cover first before? Any spooky news on your part? Um. Hmm. No, not really. Okay, good. You're living a normal life without paranormal activity. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, I mean, mostly. That's not counting me. What are you? Good You question. keep alluding to something, and I feel there's going to be some payoffs at some stage, but... I'm never getting it. Nope. Is this your character arc that you're establishing? Yes. Your ca- your character awesome character? Channel awesome-esque character arc. Yes. Your character awesome-esque channel arc. That as well. That too. Hmm. So, what about you, Rabbits? Do you have any spooky news? Thank you for asking, Vera. I have some spooky news. <laughs> you got to be on the ball. you got to be you got to be like that. I understand. We've got to be back and forth. We've got to be fast. Our episodes are an hour long as it is, so we've got to do something about it. Aye, aye. Tell me about your spooky news. Well, it's not even news, really. It's just I watched some scary films while I was ill. That's it. <laughs> I watched Hostel at last. I finally found out what Hostel is all about. You seen it? Nope. Now, imagine Saw, but bad and also there's boobs in it is it in a hostel which i think yeah it's like some tourists go to amsterdam they're in a hostel 
And then they're like, we want more boobage. And some guy on a train is like, hey, go to this hostel. There's lots of boobage there. And they go there. But then they get kidnapped. And people pay to murder them. And the whole thing is it's meant to be like a reflection of the sex work industry. Being like the least nuanced way possible. So yeah. Very. Six out of ten. <laughs> very... Less than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Peak of cinematography. And then I watched the Child's Play... Mm. And then I watched the uh, Child's Play remake. It's not even fair to call it a remake. Adaptation they did in 2019. Where he's like an Alexa, but evil. Voiced by Mark Hamill. <laughs> you seen that one? I have not. It's me with the bad takes again. It's a good movie. I think I might enjoy it more than the original. We have to cover it. Because huh. again, look behind the curtain. We were going to do Child's Play for episode 4. But the thing is, we didn't have anything to say about it after we watched it. Yeah. But I don't we... know, maybe we could do an episode where we compare the two and contrast... I think oh, that might work pretty well. That could be interesting. Hmm. I've, I've... Yeah, we can't delay it any longer. We have to... Ooh. Oh no, what were you going to say? Oh no, I was just going to say that I wish we had more to say about Child's Play, but we don't. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. It's defi- it, definitely, it definitely is a movie with a killer doll in it. Which yep, was sure is. Groundbreaking back in the day, but now it's like it's like, <sighs> I sleep. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, we can't put off any longer. It's time to say what we're covering this week. That's right. It's time for Willy's Wonderland. Ah. I don't know why I'm sounding so bored. I enjoyed this movie. We had fun. It I was this one. It was, it was actually really fun. Yeah, we had a good time. I genuinely really enjoyed that movie. Mm, which is shocking, but you know. Here we are. That's it. Yeah, here we are, enjoying movies. I can't believe it either. Whack. But before we talk more about this movie that we actually enjoyed for once, here's a quick disclaimer from Future Rabbits. Hey everyone, Future Rabbits here, with this episode's content warning. Here at Undead Rabbits, we like to preface every episode with a list of the sensitive topics we'll be covering to allow you to make an informed decision regarding your listening experience. In this episode, we'll be covering topics including, but not limited to, gore, death, including child death, mentions of Satanism, and sexual content. If you think we've left anything out of this content warning after listening to this episode, then please let us know in the comments. Enjoy the episode, everyone. Stay spooky, and most importantly, stay safe. And welcome back. With that wonderful message from future rabbits, we're now talking to present rabbits about past rabbits. Yeah? Do we have something to say about the disclaimer? I mean, I haven't recorded it yet, that's the thing. Exactly. I can't I can't really talk about it. Exactly. I'll give you one segue and you're already breaking the time flow. Exactly. I'm going to break the time flow by breaking the timeline. No. We've got to stop being channel awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, Vera, look out. It's the plot hole. Oh Oh, no. no. Fuck channel awesome. All my homies hate channel awesome. It's true. (laughs) Parody, parody. We're joking. Parody. In Minecraft. Please pay us. If, if anyone wants to pay us, then, you know... Please. Please do. Not for anything in particular, if you just want to give us money... Yeah, listen. We will set up a Patreon, but we don't have any extra content to give, that's the problem. <laughs> Maybe we should do, like, an after show, where it's just us talking for an hour after we do each episode. Yeah. 
Would anyone want to see that? Yeah. Let us know in the comments if you'd want to see that. Exactly. In the one stroke two comments we get every episode. Woo! We had one comment on last week's episode, and it was just a spam bot, and frankly, I left it up there just to boost the numbers. Thanks, Vampire. You always looking out for us. Yeah. On the first episode, I was like, let's remove these spam bots. We don't need those. And now it's like, oh, thank fuck a spam bot. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, interaction. <laughs> boost our numbers, please. Now you've gotten a look behind the curtain. We're actually just a bunch of spam bots and trench coats. <laughs> we have to scrape interaction and statistics off the floor just to survive. <laughs> <sighs> Should we actually talk about the movie we're covering this week, unlike last week where we just fucked about for an hour? Yeah. Let's talk about this genuinely fun movie. Yeah, we enjoyed it. it, it was... uh, should we do the plot recap first? It's a short one. Yeah, alright, go for it. Let's do it. Okay, uh, as always, um, watch the movie that we're talking about. You can get it. I got it from Amazon um, when it first came out. We've watched it again since. But wherever you can get movies, I think it's got a physical release. I hope so. Please distribute movies better, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, Willy's Wonderland. I haven't written a thing for this. I'm going just off memory. I'm not reading anything off Wikipedia this time. This is all straight off the top of my head. And frankly... My empty, empty head. <laughs> <laughs> frankly? Frankly, you don't need to write anything for this plot summary. Mm. There are details, but at the same time, you don't need to hear them from us. Nope. So, Nicolas Cage is unnamed throughout this movie. <laughs> I think in the credits they call him the janitor, but just for easy conversation, I'm going to be calling him Nicholas Cage for the rest of it. Yeah. Mm. So, Nicholas, I said the thing. Every time I say it, the walls between worlds grow weaker and Ted Sheeran starts to press through. <laughs> like the wall in um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Horrifying. Nicholas Cage is driving through rural America, but then he drives over some police spikes, and he's like, oh no, my car. Except he doesn't, because he doesn't speak in this movie. Not a single time. Nope. Not a word. Only screaming. And <laughs> no spoilers of our opinion, but frankly, the movie's better for it. Mm-hmm. Mm. He's looking at his car, and he's like, oh no, my car. But like, internal monologue. In reality, he's just like, mm. And this mechanic picks him up, and he drives him to the nearest town, which is called... American Town. <laughs> yep. Got it. This is the problem. Full disclosure, one more time. We watched this movie last on... Last Wednesday? So that would be... The 18th. And we're recording on the 26th. There's a bit of a gap. We were planning on recording Thursday, but, you know illness and life got in the way but here we are now exactly we made it eventually Hayesville Nevada that's what they're saying the location is thanks Wikipedia I promise I'm not going to look at you for the rest of this <laughs> so this mechanic guy is fixing up Nicolas Cage's car and he's like well you're going to have to pay for it so he gets out his car and he's like well we don't take plastic here and apparently all the ATMs around town are broken and he's got no cash so the mechanic's like, well, you can work off your debts by cleaning up this old 
what would you call this kind of restaurant? I was going to say pizzeria because, you know, animatronic horror, but I don't think it is. I think it's just uh, a kid's restaurant with play place. in it. Play place, that's the one. The McDonald's play place. We're not sponsored. Mm-hmm. So Nicolas Cage is taken to the play place, which is called Willy's Wonderland. And it's owned by, and I'm not joking, Tex McAdoo. <laughs> Or as think Doug think it's Doug Dimmadome. It's it's just Doug Dimmadome. It's Doug Dimmadome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmadome. That's right, Doug Dimmadome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmadome. For the rest of this movie, we're just going to call him Doug Dimmadome. We've already given up calling Nicholas Cage by his name. Mm-hmm. So Dick Dim, I can't even say it. Well, we're just going to immediately drop that joke. <laughs> The Texan. He's a Texan. Mm-hmm. He may not be from Texas, but let's be real. He's a rich Texan who fires his guns in the air and goes, yeehaw. It's true. So he's inside the restaurant and he's like, oh, they had to close this place down because health and safety gone mad. You know, basic Tory shit. Mm-hmm. And Nicolas Cage is like, hmm. So he doesn't say anything for the whole movie. Yep. And he's showing him the cleaning closet and he's like, hey, you're a member of Willie's Wonderland now. Get to work. So they leave him in there for the night. And then they lock him in. They chain up the doors to the restaurant from the outside and lock it. And Nicolas Cage, he's got no idea. He just gets straight to cleaning. And this movie is basically one long ASMR cleaning montage. Yep. Interspersed with animatronic violence. Meanwhile, local arson child, Liv, is trying to burn down the restaurants. Oh, did that happen before or after? No, that happened. It doesn't matter. Watch the, watch the, watch the movie. Watch the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think it happened when he was being brought into town. Yeah. We're not found flicks. We're not dead meat. We're not going to explain the entire plot for you step by step. Watch the movie. If we're just doing this for our own benefit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, local arson child, whose guardian is the chief of police, she's trying to burn the place down, but then she gets taken away. But then her friends break her out, and they go back to burn the place. Then they find out, oh no, Nicolas Cage is in sight there. So they go in to try and get him out. And when they get in, it turns out he's already killed two different animatronics who tried to murder him. And they explain to him that... No, I'll tell you what, we're going to have a whole segment as to the backstory of this place, because it is wild. It it certainly is. Mm. So animatronics start killing teenagers. Nicholas Tate starts killing animatronics. Uh, the police chief comes in, takes Liv out of there for the rest of the movie. Um... Chains up Nicolas Cage. He continues to kill animatronics. The main animatronic, Willy Weasel, comes to life. Kills the police chief. Nicolas Cage kills Willy Weasel. He comes out at the end of the day when Tech lets him out. Again, completely silent. He's cleaned the place up. It's all lovely. They drive off. Tex's car explodes when an animatronic sets fire to it. Don't ask. Mm-hmm. And him and Liv drive off into the sunset before credits roll. Watch the movie, you know? This isn't the movie explainer podcast. Honestly, this is one of those movies where we could tell you the plot and it wouldn't matter. It is a movie that needs to be Hmm. experienced. It is a music video made into a movie. And honestly, it's better for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Should we just go to the next segment? (laughs) We've done the recap. We've done everything else. It's past 20 minutes. I think. Well, yeah. We'll talk about our actual thoughts in depth in our next segment. 
Yeah. In the meantime, just watch the movie. I'm gonna watch keep the movie. Until the diary diary. Watch the movies we talk about. Watch the movies. Engage with content. Yeah. Don't get it secondhand through guys who are like, oh, ending explained. Well, they're not explaining the ending. They're just telling you the entire plot and then just being like, mm, I don't know, maybe there'll be a sequel. It's like, shut up. Not that we're trying to make shut enemies, up. but at the same time... Watch the are, movie! <laughs> you are... <laughs> Like, people who watch CinemaSins, they're like, oh, I don't need to watch the movie now, because you pointed out everything in already. No, watch the movie yourself. Watch <laughs> movies. Form your own opinions. God, I'm so annoyed. See you next part. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Welcome to One Dead Rabbits, the podcast where we make compliment soup. Mmm, soup. 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 We are superb. We are. If we hosted Great British Bake Off, you could call us Mel and Soup. That's us. With our topical references. Our listenership will get that. God, what a dreadful way to start parts. Amazing. This is why you're the best boss. This podcast isn't for you, it's just for us. (laughs) Any enjoyment you gain is incidental. Exactly. Fuck you, audience. Get out of my pub. <laughs> Welcome to Undead Rabbits, the podcast where we respect our audience. Woo! <sighs> soup time. It's time for soup. I'm trying so hard. You know when it, you know when a teacher tells you not to say the word said in your writing? I've become that with so. I can't think of any other sentence style, so I just start sentences like Soup time. <laughs> it like you gotta do what like you gotta do. Sesame Street character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad at podcasting. Oh no! It's fine. Who's gonna stop us? You can't. Nobody can. All right, hop into the kitchen with us. It's time to make some soup. Woo! One day we'll make a jingle for the segments, but. <laughs> you can't be Betty Boo. <laughs> as much as you want to be. <sighs> With a giant loaf of bread <laughs> shaped head. <sighs> Who wants to put the first compliment stroke criticism into this vat, this industrial tank of compliment soup? Alright, let's... Let's start with let's start with some water, the basic broth. This movie is so much better for Nicolas Cage not saying a damn word. Oh, it's absolutely stunning. It's a marvel. This strange Terminator-esque creature that is our main character is the best part of this movie. And when we say he doesn't say a word, we mean he doesn't say a word. There isn't like a one-liner at the end where he's like, ooh, 
it's Willie's hell for you, and then kills an animatronic. No, he doesn't say a single word. He grunts. He sort of does like a death scream when he kills someone, but like that's it. No words. No words. That's what I mean. It's like this movie's like a music video. The dialogue is incidental. Mm-hmm. Everything occurs around him. <laughs> Rabbit said it best before the podcast. In this movie, just happens to him. <laughs> yeah well mm, i don't know if that's fair again we didn't cover much of the plot in our recap <laughs> which is i mean we should stop doing plot recaps if we're not gonna do them properly okay but again even if we did cover it but he does he do functions outside of it like this would be a normal horror movie mm. plot were it not for his inclusion this is true, because you have your teens coming in and they're trying to burn the place down and they get murdered. But Nicolas Cage, he is indifferent. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. He is indifferent to what's going on. He doesn't kill animatronics until they start coming at him. And even after one of them's done it and he puts it in a bin bag and tears out its spine, he just keeps on working. He's like, well, the rest of them aren't attacking me, so I guess I'll just do my job. Mm-hmm. He takes regularly scheduled uh, honestly, breaks. Oh, the breaks are genuinely the funniest part of the movie. <laughs> Over the We're saying all this, presuming you've watched the movie now, but Do it. Just to remind you all of it. So throughout the movie he is taking regular breaks every few scenes or so. His little watch beeps. He gets a can of drink out of the little mini fridge. The drink that he has in the back of his car this whole time. These like purple energy drinks. I can't remember what they were called. They got like a little fist yeah. on them. Yeah, it's sort of like non-brand, not non-real brand energy drink. Mm-hmm. And he plays pinball in his spare time. He like cleans up this pinball machine early on in the movie, and then he just plays it in the break room this whole time. When I say break room, it's like break room stroke kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's fine. And, and it's... throughout the movie, he's taking these breaks, and usually they happen at pretty non-problematic times. But at one point, him and Liv are some girl from early. They're playing a fight in animatronic, and then his watch starts beeping. And he looks at her, and he looks at the animatronic, and he looks at his watch, and he looks back at them all again, and he just quietly takes his knife out of the pocket he got earlier, hands it to Liv, and just wanders <laughs> up to the break room for his break, leaving both of them to just fight to the death. It's amazing. Listen. And once it breaks over and they're fighting, he just comes in, ends the fight instantly. Listen. Absolutely. He amazing. worked hard for that 15 minute break. That is legally obligated to be given to him. <laughs> he's a good employee, honestly. And he gets the job done. You know, he's not out of spite. He's not out of anything negative. It's just, you know, I've been working. I'm going to take my break. Take care of yourself for five minutes. Even even when the chains on the door are undone, he does not leave. He simply goes outside and finally takes out the trash now that he has access to the garbage can out back and then goes back inside. Oh, God. <laughs> and when he's going back inside, the police chief is just staring at him through the window and he just looks at him and he does this little wave before he goes back in. <laughs> and you can tell there's no malice in that. There's no ill intent. He's genuinely going... Hello, officer. And then goes back in to finish his night of work. He's a hard worker. 
He works hard for the money. But yes, the base of this movie is is that the basic compliment broth, which this is all built upon, is this strange Terminator-esque pinball-loving creature is an amazing (laughs) protagonist. If yeah, you protagonist. Can... Well, ta- yeah, he'd be protagonist anyway because he's the main character. That's how protagonist works. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. It... Does he have any development? Not really. <laughs> no. The only thing that changes between the, the start and the end of the movie is that he's taking care of Liv now because Police Chief Guardian has been swatted in half by Willy, and now he's sharing energy drinks with her, <laughs> and that's it. That's the whole. Uh, that's his development. His development is that. He has learned basic communication, by which I mean he hands you a can of energy drink. Humans need hydration. Have a drink. That's it. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) If if they had him speak through the movie, it would have been absolute dreck. Mm -hmm. But because it's so... They're dedicated to not having him speak. It is an absolute delight. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. What about you? Got another ingredient to add to our soup? I've got another good ingredient to add. Um, I don't know food metaphors, but the visuals are really stylish throughout the whole movie, especially compared to Banana Splits, which we're going to be mentioning in the third part in comparison. But on its own merits, it's such a good-looking movie. It really is. It's, like, genuinely super stylish. Like, a lot of the design decisions Mm. are a bit weird in terms of the animatronics, but overall, like... (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to that. The look and just the visual presentation and the style are all real good. It's so good. Because, um... The lighting, especially at a lot of times, it's really atmospheric. Because diegetically, it doesn't make sense, you know, why would it be lit up like this? But, like, it doesn't matter, because it makes such a good movie by the end of it. I can suspend my disbelief. Mm-hmm. Mm. And all the, um, little props they have. The pinball machine, especially, is absolutely beautiful. Because all the graphics, they look... I don't want to say realistic. Um, believable. They look believable. It... Like, you would go into this... And like, yeah, if... If these mascots were in this restaurant, this is what all the graphics would look like. Mm-hmm. It's got, like, cute little cartoon representations of all the characters on it. It's really mm. well done. Yeah, very Hanna-Barbera in the style. It's very reminiscent of, like, your grape apes and your etc. Mm-hmm. And the um, camera work as well. We were watching it with a few friends a little while ago, and there's a lot of it they take from Evil Dead, to be fair. It's true. There's more than a couple shots where, oh no, the camera's going to Nicolas Cage and it's swatting chairs aside, oh no. Mm-hmm. Which again, doesn't make sense diegetically. It's like, whose perspective is this from? But it doesn't matter because it's just really atmospheric. Mm-hmm. It's not worried about making sense, is the thing. It's not worried about its own lore and stuff. It's just like, we're going to make a good movie. It's a... I'm going to say it again. Music video rules. Why is this happening? Because it looks good. Mm-hmm. That'll do. So that's point number two. This soup is looking pretty good. Vera, what have you got to add? All right. I've, I will be the first to add oh, okay. a non-compliment 
<laughs> a non-compliment. We can't even call it insults. It's just a non-compliment. Mm. We're saying something vaguely critical of this movie that we enjoy. Uh, listen, the the teenagers. Oh, the teenagers. I get it, but at the same time, I don't like it. Do you want to elaborate on this point? Or shall I? I mean, we both can. We're of the same mind on this particular <laughs> facet of this movie. Mm. Like, there's As we what? we briefly mentioned, five or Ar- six Child of them? has... Yeah, Arsene Child has some accomplices throughout the movie, and they are all paper thin in terms of characterization. And at the start of the movie, when we first see them, we really liked them. They had some genuinely funny dialogue. Mm-hmm. Mm, and if they kept um, that vibe throughout, yeah, the first time we see them, it'd be good. But they don't. Mm. In like the very first scene we see them, Liv has been locked in the police chief's trailer. Because, you know, she's blind burn the place down. And they're looking for the key to break her out. And they're all looking through at the trailer. One looks in the fridge and he just goes to himself, why am I looking in the fridge? And just leaves. <laughs> and that may not sound funny, but in the heat of the moment, when it's all, like, vaguely serious, and, like, the music's still going, it doesn't, like, do a big pause. It's just very quick. Why am I looking in the fridge? Just really <laughs> funny. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of stupid teenagers yelling at each other from across the trailer in different places. And unfortunately, that is their best scene because the rest of the movie. Woof. Yeah. Besides Liv, Arsene Child, there are three of them that have any real characterization. There is. I can't even pretend I remember their names. God, there no. is Nice Boy, let's say, who likes Liv and does everything she says. Mm hmm. That's it. And then there is The Couple. <sighs> oh the boy, the couple. Vera, are we going to talk about that scene, or is that a criticism all by itself? I, 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 I don't know. That could be its entire own ingredient, I suppose. The weird horniness of this movie is something to be talked about in depth, and I don't think we should cram it into this point. Yeah, yeah, let's. Let's leave that for its own thing, I guess. Mm. So, besides the couple and nice boy, I think there's like three, there's maybe four other characters, and they do nothing except die. Yep, they are there to die. Mm. I mean, they're all there to die. Let's be real. I mean, yeah, Nicholas Cage. He is the Doom guy, you know? He's just gonna walk through all this. He is the Doom Live Slayer. You're not gonna kill her. These are our cannon fodder, you know? Mm-hmm. You gotta have my guess, otherwise no one will die throughout this entire movie. But at the same time, at least try to make them decent characters. Yeah. It's not even that they're bad characters, except for the couple. But at least do something with them. At least pretend they're characters and not just big piles of meat for you to spot in half and stab with your giant swords. Mm-hmm. With your giant cartoonish triangular sword wielded by a dwarf knight? Let's talk about character design. <laughs> I don't know if I can call this a pro or a con. It's just I, a big ball of something that we're dropping in. It's like a bath bomb, but for soup. It's unidentifiable. Willy's Wonderland, the restaurant, has in its cast 
Willie the Weasel, Gus the Gorilla, I want to say. Maybe. Ozzy the Ostrich, a Chameleon, Artie the Alligator, Nighty Knight, who's just a human knight, mm-hmm. and Sarah Siren, who is the worst animatronic design I have ever seen. <laughs> if you can even call it that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no. It's you... just a human, but they're playing with big head mode. Excuse me, you also forgot about the... <laughs> The Hispanic stereotype turtle. Oh, God. Yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> oh. Horrid. Yes, I think it was Tito Turtle. Uh... When I was saying before that the graphic design of this movie feels authentic, these animatronics sort of run the gamut between good and what the hell is this? It's... Do we want to do a quick ranking, actually? Let me get the list of them real quick. It's theming, Uh, and I have to put heavy air quotes around the word theming is completely inconsistent. I don't know what this is. Let's go... (laughs) Let's go one by one. Let's weigh up how we feel about each of these animatronics, and I'm good. This is reading the audio from the Wikipedia page, except making one exception. Mm-hmm. So, Willie Weasel, how do we feel about that design? Uh, like, uh, he's the flagship. It's a, it's a solid like A. It's, it's pretty good. He's really you give it, you give it an A. You go that far? Uh, I mean, that's the thing. Like, he functions as the base. Like, he mm. is where you start. I don't feel like he can be out of theme because he is the theme. He is where it starts. In terms of theming, yeah. But in terms of design, in design, I think he's, he's too. He's fine. He's too menacing. I feel. I mean, it's like the, yeah. He looks unappealing, but not uncanny manny. Uncanny manny. Hi, I'm uncanny manny. <laughs> <laughs> we got a new, we got a new character, everyone. Woo! Uncanny manny. Just comes in and goes, wow, that's pretty uncanny, and leaves. Mm-hmm. And we never see him again. Amazing. Uncali- un- uncanny Valley, that's what I meant to say. He doesn't really fall into it in that way. He just looks threatening. Mm-hmm. If you've got a student to design a scary animatronic, I feel like that's what they would go for. Mm-hmm. It works, but it's trying a little hard. It's not the worst, but, you know. Eh, I mean... I give it a I, I give it a C. I give it a C. Animatronics are inherently plus, horrifying. Hmm. Cami um, oh. Chameleon, on the other hand, how do you feel about that one? It's so weird and funny looking mm. that it's kind of endearing in a way. It looks. The thing is, all these animatronics look like they were made by different people. They look like they belong in different bands, almost. Mm-hmm. Because Willy Weasel is basically just a big, tall fursuit, where you look out the neck, you know, one like that. Mm-hmm. But Cammy Chameleon is... He's got these big eyes with, like, the big mechanical eyelids. Like, the whole head seems to be, like, solid plastic. It's like we've got an old-timey dress, but it looks all dirty and stuff. The hair's really weird. And... It has a mouth really, kind of like... On, like... Our third rewatch of it. It has a mouth kind of like a nutcracker. Yeah, it's like a proper ventriloquist dummy mouth. Mm-hmm. And something I only noticed on our third rewatch of it with friends 
it is doing the chameleon thing. The colors are, like shimmering the entire time. I thought it was just the lighting, but no, you can see the colors changing from like blue to purple and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. I think it feel, fills more into the um fills more. I think it falls more into the uncanny valley vibe. Yeah, but it's still a bit. It's a little little over designed. Mm-hmm. I think I'd give it um B minus. It's a little bit better than Willy, but yeah. it still falls into some same trappings. Mm-hmm. Ozzy Ostrich though. Oh, sorry, you didn't give your grade. Sorry, what was yours for Cami Chameleon? Mm, no, I'm I'm right there with you, honestly. Like uh, I'd give it a solid B. Yeah. Ozzy Ostrich is probably the first one I'd say where it feels that would not look out of place in an actual children's restaurant. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like that thing is, yep, it's got big eyes, slightly anthropomorphized ostrich. Not much to say. It's just really solid. Mm-hmm. Give it an A. There's nothing wrong with that. It. Mm. it meets the brief. Yeah. It's slightly scary because of the eyes. Yeah, nothing, nothing I can say. I'd so give it, I'd give it a B. Also, given the scale yeah. we're working on, I will revise my willy answer to go with you. Yeah, it's just, it's a C. It's average. Yeah. Not it's just compared to the others. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the others, Tito Turtle. D D D strong D. F F F. Just I don't even want to humor this design. Given the character who runs this restaurant, I can see him being, I'm going to say, racist enough yeah. to do this horrifying stereotype. But at the same time, you're a movie maker. Don't put this in your movie, you know? Tito Turtle do is that. a turtle with a mustache and a sombrero and that does very basic stupid like stereotypical spanish yeah and he doesn't do much through the movie when um one of the police is driving live away he like busts into the car and they have a little duel and then he gets hit in the balls loads mm-hmm. and that's it oh and he gets run over at the end that's it yep and he just swears in spanish mm-hmm I'm glad I didn't leave that one till last, because that would leave a really sour taste in my mouth. But anyway, yeah, Tiro Turtle, fuck off. You could remove him from the movie and nothing would be lost. We wouldn't notice he was gone. I would honestly That's like it I more. I forgot to mention him. Yeah. Well, at least it's a plus now, because we're on to Gus Gorilla. He's my favorite design. I love him. <laughs> gorilla greetings. Love it. Gorilla greetings. Stella. Gorilla greetings. Him and Ozzy feel like they're in the same bands together. Yeah. They feel like they were made by the same designer. Yeah. and all- Absolutely. He's just so, God, he's just a big old roly-poly and he's all big and plodding and he's got those huge dumb arms. And it doesn't look like he's dangerous. Like the ostrich has the sharp beak. All the others have like claws and stuff. He's just like <laughs> blunt force. He will just he looks like and that feels right for an animatronic. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely my favorite. Like, strong A+. A+, absolutely stellar. That's how you do it. Mm -hmm. And also, his fight scene is possibly the best in the movie, in the bathroom, where he gets curved, stomped against the urinal. (laughs) It's so good. Uh, That is, like, the highlight scene for the movie. If you want to show someone a scene from Willy's Wonderland, show them one of the cleaning scenes, and then show them that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And another strong design next, RT Alligator. Again, one of my favorites. Honestly, I think they do the most... Yeah, no, they definitely do the most CG with Artie. Absolutely. There's a scene early on, I think it's the first scene he actually moves in. Um, Liv is in the vents trying to get into the restaurant, and he's chasing her through, and once she falls out the other side of the vents, his jaws are coming through, like, snapping, there's, like, drool coming off? It's really... It stands out, because there's not much CGI in this movie. Well, at least not apparent CGI. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's really... It hits you, but, like, not in a, oh, they're using CGI, it's just in a, ooh, hello. And he moves, like... The way he moves through the vents in the first scene, like, she turns oh. a corner, gets a little ways in the vent, and he just comes around the corner, like, slams against the wall and is already moving. It's really good. Oh, jaw snapping. He's just... He's moving like an animal. And I know I was saying mm -hmm. before with, like, um, Gus Gorilla, he's good because he doesn't look dangerous. You know, he's just blunt force. Arty Alligator looks like... He could just be a poorly designed real life animatronic. Exactly. You know, like one of my parents are looking at it's just like, why are the teeth so sharp? He's like Foxy from Five Nights at Freddy's. You know, I have to make the comparison for mm -hmm. doing animatronic horror. But he looks like the kind who would just be permanently out of order because this thing bites people. Yeah, for sure. And it's also like weirdly one of the most animalistic of them in like action. Mm. I don't think it like, I don't think he speaks once. I think he is, like, no, dead silent speaking, and yeah. just a weird animal. It's also a voyeur. Yeah, but well, listen, we could talk about that if it's not insane. We'll get to that point, we'll get to that point. Um, the only other animatronic who doesn't go voiced is Nighty Knight. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, I got nothing. I... I <laughs> A C, I guess it is. It's it's a night, the end. I guess you met you met you met the brief. You put a human knight in here. Yeah, sure. He has a big dangerous sword, and he's got a. It doesn't fit in with big old I know nose. Saying, the others didn't fit in with each other. Big old nose. Can't see his eyes because his big bushy eyebrows. Mm -hmm. Has he got like a mustache and a beard? Yeah, I can't remember. I'm not looking at them as we're doing this. He's got memory. a he's got a beard. Yeah. If it was like a Ren Fair, or like, you know, one of those weird medieval restaurants you have over there in America, then maybe, but yeah, I'm not getting the theme. Yeah. It's like, Willie and Cammy, they feel like they're from one restaurant. Ozzy, Gus, and, uh, what's the word? Mm. Artie, Artie, they're from another. Mm -hmm. Tito can fuck off to hell. God and then Nighty Knight feels like he's part of his own thing. Yeah. And then... And here we are at, like... If Tito weren't here, it would be the bottom of the barrel. Tito is the worst on principle, but design-wise, Siren's also bad on principle. I don't know. Siren Sarah is <sighs> it's a tough. human with a big head. That's it. Yep, literally, like literally, that is a human being in a bodysuit with a big old like um, dumb paper mache head. Mm. The only animatronic to be voiced by the same person who plays them physically. All the others are voiced by different people. But not Siren Sarah, and honestly, yeah, because that's just a person. <laughs> There's no reason to get a different voice actor. No. That's just a person. Like, no big fancy animatronic. It, it is literally a human being in a bodysuit with a big head. That's it. 
Mm, and we were talking about we were talking about movement with um Arthur the alligator and like how he moves like an animal. She kind of has that in her first scene. They're like in this little forest bit in the back of the restaurants, and she's like crawling up trees like a spider. She's like moving backwards and stuff. But then after that, they kind of give up on that. She just sort mm-hmm. of walks like a human pretending to be a robot yeah there's one scene that's absolutely dire it's after nicholas cage been handcuffed and it's just willie her and cammy left and she there's this extended scene that feels like like 30 seconds long where she walks through one doorway and slowly walks the other end of the room just doing robot movements and they're playing whirring noises and it's just yeah it's not good it's it's so it's it's real bad but mediocre Mira, she does a really unique thing where she rips her mouth open and it's all black inside and she's got spiky needle teeth i've mm-hmm. never seen that on a animatronic design before never mm. ever <laughs> never ever when i clip this segment out i'll be putting on screen <laughs> what we're talking about mm-hmm. it's just toy chicken from five nights of freddy's 2 sorry it is yeah yeah They can deny all they want that this was inspired by Five Nights at Freddy's, but, like, come on. (laughs) And also, now that we've seen the short that this was originally based off of, yeah. Ooh, yes, actually. We'll have to bring that up later. But this was based on a short film made in 2016, and, yeah, you see the influence. Mm Mm-hmm. But yes, to so that's all the animatronic designs. To to put a cap on it, I'm gonna. I will simply say, gorilla greetings. Gorilla greetings. <laughs> I love him so much. We gotta start opening parts with that. <laughs> Welcome to the Gorilla Gus podcast. Gorilla greetings. <laughs> gorilla greetings. I feel like from this point we could go to one of two. We could go to the law that the movie has, or we could go to the weird horniness. It's up to you. Uh, all right, let's let's not end on the worst note. So let's all right, let's let's hit the weird <laughs> horny, I guess, just so we don't end mm. on it. So I gotta stop saying it. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> earlier we were talking no i gotta i gotta get back in <laughs> so, i'm just gonna say it so earlier i was talking about the lore of the movie and how we go into it later well later is now hello welcome to the future the future is now Oh, how do I explain the law? Um, easily, actually. It's not that complicated. Willy's Wonderland Restaurant was created by serial killers. <laughs> That's it. Mm-hmm. That's why they look like that. That's why they've all got sharp teeth and claws. It was literally a place made by serial killers to lure victims in and kill people. Yep. But then... See, the thing is, in Five Nights Freddy's, when robots kill people, they end up being possessed by the victim. That's how they normally do this. But Willy's Wonderland goes, no. These robots were possessed by the killers because when the police found out, they killed themselves in a satanic ritual. Yep. They're all holding their little punch 
cups. Ironic. All sitting around a big satanic circle, all in the outfits that the animatronics wear. So, you know, you can tally up who's possessing who. And funnily enough, it's... You know what I said before that... <laughs> Doing a callback, very, yeah. very child's play. It is a bit child's play, yeah. It's, um... Yeah. Same satanic yeah. possession ritual. Bit, um... Hmm. Because my first thought was, though, obviously, Five Nights at Freddy's 3, because, you know, that also has the killer possessing their suit. But, yeah, mm-hmm. Charles Play makes more sense, because, you know, it's got the, again, the satanic, <laughs> satanic ritual. Yep. Which they never really go back to. They never really, they say satanic ritual, and they just move on, and it's like, okay. Like, there's no the plus is an real other demon references or anything like that. No, yeah, it's just an excuse to have the <laughs> the animatronics say things like, I'm going to feast on your face, mm-hmm. and I'm going to eat your soul, mm-hmm. paraphrasing there. Which, when I first watched the movie, I didn't know the plot, I was like, it's kind of weird that the animatronics are saying things like this, but when you find out they're possessed by serial killers, it's like, oh yeah, okay, that makes I sense. kind of like the detail that they are just being total dramatic freaks yeah, in they're their just, bodies. They're just hamming totally it up. underestimate Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Yeah, and honestly, yeah, I'm getting this into a pro. I actually really like this origin, because one, if they were possessed by like, the victims, then it'd be hard to be cathartic when Nicolas Cage is, like, ripping them limb from limb. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you know, for the animatronic horror, it's kind of... I don't know, they don't usually have the killers possess the animatronics. That's not really something they do often. Yeah, usually it's, like, either a... Like, uh, the animatronics have gone haywire... Or mm. B. Hello, banana splits. <laughs> there's your banana splits. I, yeah, no, we have two options: the banana splits route, so the Five Nights yeah. at Freddy's route. This one is refreshingly yeah. new. It's somewhere. It's close to Five Nights at Freddy's, but it like goes off in its own little thing. And honestly, yeah, I appreciate that. So, uh, there's one more point I think we have about this movie. It's. I don't want to say it. It's a thing. Uh, all right. Uh, it's this movie is creepily, strangely horny. It's horny in a lot of different ways. And I'm gonna start with the one that's just odd but inoffensively odd, which is Nicolas Cage's love interest, the pinball table. Yes. Listen, <laughs> Nicolas Cage treats this pinball table so tenderly throughout the movie when both cleaning and playing it. Mm-hmm. Thrusting his yeah. hips at it, caressing it, just... That man... Finishing with it and then being out of breath afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He loves that pinball machine so much. I am shocked he did not this load it is... in the trunk of his car. Oh no, I wish that was how it ended. He like, has the opportunity to like live home and he's like, just a second, drags the pinball table out the restaurant, lashes <laughs> it at the top of his car, and then leaves. Oh, that would have been amazing. It really would have. Oh. But yes, that's the only good bit of sexualization this movie has because where, where do we want to go first? Do we want to go for Nicolas Cage crushing an animatronic's heads between his thighs? Do we want I to mean, go for two uh, teenagers having sex in the murder room? <laughs> do we want to go for 
<laughs> a flashback, mm-hmm. the possessed animatronic says to a child, Wanna f*** fatty? Yeah. Am I missing anything? <laughs> I don't think so. Those are the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them we don't need to go into detail for, and frankly, I don't want to go into detail for. Watch the mm-hmm. movie, that's it. Uh, yeah, the flashback one is a good example. It is what we said on the tin. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nicolas Cage crushing an Amtrak's head between its thighs while it writhed. That was... Interesting. That was someone's fetish. Yeah, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, I'm sure I did something in someone, and you know. <laughs> and finally, we have stay safe, everybody. We have the longest fucking in the middle room. Fucking in the middle room. Fucking in the middle room. Heroes in a half shell. Tito tittle. Awful. <sighs> okay, so part of the legend. Do you want to through that scene? <laughs> All right, might as well. So an integral part of the legend is that specifically the room where the serial killers did the murders while they were alive were like. And what's the room called? The Happy Fun Time Room. The Super Happy, happy fun, fun Room. <laughs> Ah yes, there we Which, go. Again, if this was any if this was any other animatronic horror thing, I'd be like, hmm, because this place is made by serial killers. Yeah, it's going to be low efforts. Mm-hmm. And it's an integral part of the legend that a the serial killers did like private birthday shows back here where they killed the birthday people, and two, fucking. This is where they died. This is where they inscribed the satanic ritual circle on the ground. And this is an integral part of the legend that pretty much everybody knows. And so... Hey Vera, so hypothetically, if you went to the super happy fun room where they were A, child murders, and B, satanic rituals, what would you want to do? (sighs) You know, I would personally want to get the hell out of there and not be in that restaurant in the first place. But you know what? Apparently, I'm just incorrect. Because obviously, the couple, when separated from the group and left alone, go there and decide to have sex. Knowing what that is. For an extended amount of time. (laughs) Not only knowing what that place was and its significance but also knowing there are murderous killer animatronics on the loose. To paraphrase, is it weird that this place is turning me on? Oh, so you're a freak freak. That didn't bother you before. Who said it bothers me now? And then they fuck. Yep. the worst. But it gets worse still, because, as mentioned before, Artie the alligator comes into the room, stands in the corner, and watches. Yep. And Vera, let's say you were the kind of terrible human being who would have sex in the murder room. What would you do if you saw terrifying animatronic alligators staring at you? That you know is a murder machine. Would you say, say to your partner, let's put on a show? No. No, I would not. <sighs> but that's the difference between well, guess, me and them, I suppose. 
So they die, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> in the most violent way I think a human dies in this movie. Yep. With the boyfriend getting his insides eaten for, again, an extended period of time while the girlfriend is covered in blood while she's in just her bra. And screaming uh... and then also off-screen violently murdered. Hey, Vera, did you notice how the one black character in the teenage cast gets the most violent death? No, no, there's two of them. Remember, there's also the quiet, nerdy kid who gets eaten by Tito and... the other character who does nothing. Who literally does nothing. Yeah, he goes into, like, a room full of strobe lights and he gets eaten by Tito and Sarah. Mm -hmm. Uh, The worst way to go. Like, uh, there's... uh, He makes a weed joke at one point. That's about it. Do they? Yes. Oh, okay. Can we just remove the teenagers from this movie, please? Yeah. Leave Liv in there, because she's, like, somewhat interesting. Because she's, like... Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about the rest of the lore, did we? We didn't even cover that. Because there's two halves. There's the origin, and then there's the present, isn't there? Yep. So, the restaurant is now full filled with... Killer animatronics, they're possessed by serial killers. And it gets closed down because, of course. But then Tex McAdoo, Doug Dimmodome himself, buys the place, opens it back up, and even more murders happen. So the police put two and two together and they go, oh, okay, this is bad. So they close the place down again. And then the animatronics start just wandering into the town and killing people. I think they even mentioned they start doing it at school as well, which is horrifying. Yep, they tried to... And then the police, in order... (laughs) Off-screen child's death. You got. You love to see it. Mm-hmm. And in order to stop the animatronics, they don't, you know, destroy them or dismember them or do literally anything with them. They <laughs> make a deal with them that in exchange for leaving the town alone, they will trap outsiders in the town by blowing up their tires with the little police spiky thing. Um, get them to stay in the restaurant overnight to earn money to fix their vehicle, and then basically feed them to the animatronics. Hence why Nicolas Cage wound up in the town. And the reason Liv wants to burn the place down is because she first arrived in the town with her parents, who died, but she survived, and the police chief adopted her. We love that. It's, It's an excuse plot, you know? They need reason for the plot to happen. Fine, I can live with it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to end on a downer for this compliment soup. Is there anything else that we can say is good about the movie? Oh wait, yeah, there is the music. The music's amazing. Hell yeah, there we go. I was just gonna say. There we go. Oh, the music is an absolute stunner. Like music is even if you're killer. Not watch movie, which you should listen to the soundtrack on YouTube. It's absolutely amazing. The theme when he's playing the pinball machine, absolutely amazing. I cannot overstate it. It's absolutely superb. Mm. It's, yeah, that's what we're going to end on for Compliment Soup. Sprinkle in some good soundtrack, stir it all up. What would you say our end result is here? Uh, Hard to say. The thing is, the cons are bad. But you're running on the adrenaline of the rest of the movie. So while you're watching it... It doesn't hit you in the face, but at the same time, as soon as you think about it again, it's like, oh, that sucks. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie, but flawed. Flawed, yeah. That's mm-hmm. what this movie is. Extremely flawed in some ways, but there's good stuff in there. And the good parts are absolutely superb. Mm, the highs are really good. The lows are really bad. Uh-huh. So, you, you've got you've got to decide for yourself what you think of this movie. Now, have your own opinion. <laughs> That's our message. Have your own opinion. Mm-hmm. Our other message is watch the movie. Hmm. Right. So, join us in part three, where we talk about this movie in relation to another animatronic movie that we've talked about on the podcast compare and contrast decide which one's better for arbitrary reasons i mean you should watch them both because you know they will know what we're talking about but mm-hmm. all right see you in the next part everyone bye bye Welcome back to One Dead Rabbits, where we have our finger on the pulse of all things news. Um, breaking news, everyone. We've found some real-life horror. Not scary it, horror, more just existential horror. It sure is. Scarier than anything we could watch. Friend of the podcast, Jane from Unwise Girls, has just sent me a tweet from PlayStation, and it reads, Celebrate the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in March Through Time. A new experience in Fortnite Creative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again. Yeah. Is there any other information about this? We live in such um, a dark timeline. There's a link in the tweets. Oh, it's a link to the PlayStation blog. Okay. Presents much through time in Fortnite. I have a dream, in quotes. Great start. Time Studios, as in Time Magazine, I guess, presents March Through Time. Or is that what they've called it, that? An all-new experience where we celebrate the life and legacy of Nobel Peace Prize recipient Martin Luther King Jr. Sorry, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Developed by members of the Fortnite creative community. <sighs> this immersive journey allows players to witness Dr. Martin Luther King's full... I have a dream speech. Teleport players nearly six years into the past. Reimagine Washington DC called DC 63. Clever members, full experience. Okay, it's just the same thing again. Okay, I get you, I get you have to do SEO. That's why we're talking about this. So we can clip it, but at the same time, Jesus. Built by members Chase Jackman, GQU Anu, mm, XWDFR, and YU7A. I'm sure I'm pronouncing all of these wrongly. I'm sure they have really cool Deadmau5 esque pronunciations. Mm-hmm. Players will travel back to Lincoln Memorial, the United States National Mall, where Dr. King made his iconic "I Have a Dream" speech. Museum inspired points of interest and quests you can complete with other players. These quests should bring an important reminder that relates to Dr. King's speech. We move forward when we work together. Okay, making it very vague, as if he didn't have you know some very specific points to make. 
In spite of the work of time of their partners, blah, 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 it would not have been possible. Like the donation, sorry, contributions of American Family Insurance, the Dusable, Dusable Museum of African American History, and the Estate of Mar well, at least they got his estate on that. But at the same time, for, for further in-depth reading to re-educate yourself, family, and friends about the historic struggle for civil rights, meaningful discussions not only in the classroom but then personal lives as well. Okay, right. Civil rights is struggle we still fight to this day. <laughs> Inspires the community to promote mutual respect and empathy towards. I'm gonna have to send it. I'm gonna have to save this link. Um, my favorite, real quick. Because, not being funny, I feel like this tweet might get deleted soon. <laughs> Call it a hunch. Jesus. Call it a hunch. Call it a. Yeah. Um, we live in such a dark timeline. Yeah, I'm not qualified to make any statements about the appropriateness of this. Not really. But at the same time, I think it's non-controversial of me to say this is not appropriate. Fortnite feels like maybe possibly the incorrect platform. Yeah, the platform that's all about, you know, shooting people is not a good way to promote the life and times and work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. <sighs> uh, if Epic Games wasn't already in hot water for the whole ripping off Among Us thing, including, you know, the map and the terminology, um, this... Oh, this is bad. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, again, I'm not going to pretend on qualifies to make any real statements about it, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is rough. Uh, I don't know if we can like. So back to now. animatronic um, movies. <laughs> Speaking of works with poor racial themes, can you even call it themes in Willy's Wonderland? It's just one character that is the epitome of anti-Hispanic racism. Mm-hmm. Mm. But you know what movie didn't have that? The Banana Splits movie. Yeah. <laughs> the one compliment we can give it. It wasn't mm -hmm. racist. We were yeah, a bad that's... movie, but we were never racist. <laughs> that's a real low bar there, gang. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite literally subterranean, but <sighs> There we are. Somehow you went over that bar, yeah. Because Banana Splits movie and Willy's Wonderland are the first two big installments in animatronic horror, in terms of film, I would say. I haven't heard of anything else in the books. Obviously, the Finite Trades movie is in development, but, like, that's not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think it's only fair that we compare these two films in our professional manner that we do. Where we occasionally talk about Fortnite being tone deaf. Mm hmm. So, do you notice any immediate similarities, differences, points of contention, anything? Hmm. You know, I'm. It's odd, but. I don't know. Between the two of them, I didn't expect the banana splits to have the higher focus on, like, gore. 
Yeah, honestly. Willie's Wonderland, I know we talked about how violent some other deaths are, but a lot of it is kind of off-screen, or they're just a blood splatter, or it's, in the case of the police chief's death, really bad CGI, where they massacre in half and then have it twatted off by Willie. Mm-hmm. Twatted off by Willie, that's not a sentence I should say online. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Banana Splits is, to another level, you've got dismemberment, you've got people getting sword in half, you've got... um. Guys getting burned alive, with, like, keys getting put their spines, and then the spines hooked out. It's really intense, and I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. With Nicolas Cage in this as well. I'm surprised that it didn't go further. Yeah. Yeah. Although maybe then it would have felt a bit excessive as a thing. And but... honestly, yeah, no, like, between the two of them, the... somehow... Well, no, never mind. I was gonna say, well... No, no. <laughs> In terms of gore, it was more tasteful. Tasteful is not the word. Um, In terms of everything else, no. Mm. Animatronic gore is definitely more intense than Willie's Wonderland, though. Those things get fucked up. Mm -hmm. We've got heads being ripped off, oil spurting everywhere. Ozzy Ostrich's spine gets ripped out. Again, Gus the Gorilla gets his head curb stomped against a urinal while he goes, I thought we were friends. <laughs> gorilla Gus, best character. Absolutely. Artie the Alligator gets his... To a real one. <laughs> yeah, he gets his like, entire head out. ripped in half. <laughs> Joel mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor, he was a real one. <laughs> Pour one out um, for again, your homie. Pouring into the urinal for Gorilla Gus. <laughs> Clean your bathroom in memory of Gorilla Gus. Mm-hmm. There was um, Siren Sarah going ahead, crushed between it. Well, that doesn't kill her, does it? Because then she comes back to set fire to Tex McAdoo's car for some reason. Mm-hmm. Because we really needed closure on them. I really cared about Dog Dimatome in this movie. Listen. Nah. He has a set of bull horns on the front of his car. <laughs> That's a belt buckle of a car right there. <laughs> it is! When he clears out the restaurant, they're talking about reopening it in. It's like Texan Texas Texan barbecue place or something, and that's when the car gets blown up. And honestly, yeah, that's deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, like Absolutely. Tommy Cooper's head ripped off. And that's the thing as well, speaking of gore, they bleed, like, oil in this movie. In Banana Split, they were bleeding, like, milk, which again, alien, but... Yeah. Like, weird choice, weird choice. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, that's the one... Yeah, Banana Split's his better human gore. Better, quote-unquote. And Willy's One's Line is better. More. Gore. <laughs> more. <laughs> There's more gore. <laughs> There's... One does not simply walk into more gore. Mm-hmm. Dumb. Dumb and stupid. Awful, terrible like words. I, f- I feel like a mid-2010s Disney show. It's quoting me. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, characters, which obviously you have to remove Nicolas Cage from the equation because obviously that would win. Vincent's about human cast, yeah. which, which would you say is better I guess banana splits just because 
two of them don't have sex in the murder room? <laughs> they propose to each other in the magic room. Yeah, well, That's... yeah, but they don't know it's full of murders. Yeah, they were just a vlogger couple who got way worse than these zifts. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of murder room, though, that's the other thing, actually. No child's death in um, Banana Splits. True. Yeah, no one who's not under the age of, like, 30 dies in that movie. Well, then, like, eh, I don't know. We've got How old dying. was... We've got, mm, How old coffee, was... Um... Yeah. Yeah, like, mid-20s, I want to say. Basically, no ambiguous youths here, you know. They are all adults through and through. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, Willy's Wonderland, where you've got teens dying, you've got implied child death, adults dying, everyone's dying. <laughs> Which, considering the, the setting is a restaurant made by serial killers, I guess it makes sense, but like, I don't know, is it even... It's not an issue or anything, you know, we're not complaining here, we're just talking about things we noticed. Mm-hmm. Mm. And like, as more f- movies come out, hopefully they're gonna be even more unique so you know it's hard to compare them because that's the thing with um banana splits and willie's one's like there's not that much to compare really you know they're both animatronic horror movies that both have you know a fair bit of gore in them but like beyond the genre there's not that much to compare between them they're pretty different stories one is more supernatural one is um technological you know machines malfunctioning one is um more character driven the other is very visual yeah, there's not that much to compare, really. It's just a case of Honest, these are only two yeah, no, horror just movies a... we have recently, <laughs> so we feel compelled they're to the... <laughs> compare them to each other. Yep, they're the only ones. Yeah. So, in a way, this entire segment is moot. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We love being irrelevant, and... Pointless and redundant. Uh, listen, that's who we are. I can't believe it, Vera. These movies are two different movies. I can't believe it. Oh my god! Wow. It's uncanny. Oh god, he's coming. It's uncanny Manny. Hi, everyone. It's uncanny Manny here. I heard you were looking at some uh, uncanny <laughs> movies. Vera, I don't want to talk to him. Talk to him. I'm still here. We still talking about uh, scary movies? Or are we done here? Can I ride out on my tail horse? (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of how to do the voice. You were trying to do the voice, (laughs) but that's your friend. I was thinking, <laughs> listen, I was thinking very hard on how to do a proper Ted Sheeran. No one can imitate. You're saying as if I made, I didn't make you up. He's here. He's real. If you're not careful, he'll come back. <laughs> oh boy. Oh God, he's coming. <laughs> oh no. It's me. It's Ted Sheeran. Oh Jesus. We gotta wrap up this episode oh, God. quick. We gotta go! <sighs> what are our closing thoughts on 2020s? I think it was 2020. Mm. <laughs> what are our closing thoughts on Willy's Wonderland? 
Hmm. Honestly, more fun than it had any right to be. Yeah. I think because we're thinking critically about it now, we're noticing more things we disliked. But while you're watching it, yeah, it's a fun time. It, it really is. It's a really stylish movie. Nicolas Cage is incredibly compelling. A few other characters aren't, but, I mean, they die fairly quickly, so... Eh. Animatronic design is mixed. The plot is an excuse to have animatronic violence, which, you know, at least, they're, at least they're honest about it, really. That's it, really. Watch yeah, the movie you haven't already, it's, which it's, we told you to multiple times. We trusted you, and you betrayed us. How dare you? That's Willy's Wonderland. Mm -hmm. This episode was definitely worth the one week wait. It sure was. Only the best of quality for you guys. I, I wasn't ill this whole time. I was just spending that entire week thinking of new characters and cold opens. <laughs> Amazing. So, he's gone now this episode. I can say as much as I want. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's Undead Rabbits. If you'd like to like and subscribe, we'd appreciate it. If you have any comments about our subject matter, about how we covered it, or anything about our content warning, then please let us know in the comments. If you want updates on Undead Rabbits as it comes out, then you can follow us on Twitter at, at @UndeadRabbitsYT, or you can ask us questions on Tumblr at our Tumblr URL, Undead Rabbits, all one word. Tell us how cool we are. <laughs> Tell us how cool we are. Sure. I need to do more art. Maybe, who knows? Maybe I'll draw some horrifying animatronics sometime soon. Anyway, you still for now, <laughs> it's true. I need to draw the boy. <laughs> anyway, so, even if I do need to do it more, you can find my art at Innsmouth Inn. That is Innsmouth underscore in I-N-N at twitter.com we don't have a patreon um that's it yeah that's <laughs> we it we might someday <laughs> if we have maybe someday but not to today yeah <laughs> uh that's it i think you'd think after mm -hmm. five episodes it would have got this outro down but you know the intro we got it perfect but ending episodes eh. So we've been doing this for several hours at this stage. It's fine. It's fine. So, from both of us at Undead Rabbits, stay spooky. Stay spooky. And stay safe. Bye. Bye.